You're listening to Sunset Radio, the Sailors Radio Station. Welcome, 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 everybody. Show number three. I feel like I've been doing this forever now, but I definitely haven't. That's for sure. Thank you so much for joining me on this very rainy uh It's not winter yet, but we'll say autumn evening. In Sydney, it's definitely raining. I'm not sure where you are, but in Canberra, it was a beautiful day, or a cloudy, but beautiful day. And uh, I think we all know that winter's well on the way. It's so dark as well now that Daylight Savings is gone, and we've just had our Easter and our Anzac weekends, so no more public holidays either. So this week's looking a little bit depressing. So hopefully I can cheer you up with a few little adventures that have been happening for me this week and also for some others. We're going to catch up very, very shortly with Mr. Tate Fortier. He's my South Coast adventurer and he's been down at Batemans Bay this weekend doing the Anzac Regatta, which is a very big mixed class regatta. And for the rest of the show, we're going to be uh, listening to a few flashbacks from the past year. Uh, we've had quite a bit happening in sailing this week and we haven't managed to catch any catch up with anybody uh, from overseas, but we will be listening to a few key players, including Matt Belcher, also Jason Waterhouse, and uh, also myself over at the Taser Worlds last year. So plenty to catch up on. But the most important thing that we have to achieve tonight, I have been given a, uh, or I've inherited a model boat that was given to me today by my aunt, but it was actually originally built my, by my grandfather for my cousin. And if you've been on Facebook this afternoon, you may have seen this model boat. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, timber creation with with, uh, beautiful Dacron sails, as as a few people have pointed out to me on Facebook. Thanks so much. Uh, They do need to be replaced. And yes, it does need a bit of work. But the most important thing is that it doesn't have a name. Now, we need to come up with a name. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story later on in the show about the criteria for this name, but if you feel like throwing some suggestions my way, I'm going to put up a little post on Facebook, and you can put all of your suggestions there. But there will be a few criteria later in the show, so you'll have to listen on. But next up, we'll have Tate Fortier with all of the Anzac news. Stay with me. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Welcome, everybody. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and thank you for joining us for our third show on this very wet and windy autumn evening after what's been a series of long weekends. And I've got with me on the line Mr. Tate Fortier. How are you going? I'm excellent. Thank you very much. Excellent to hear. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. No worries. No worries at all. Now, you've been down at Batemans Bay this weekend, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. We've done the um, annual... Bayman's Bay Anzac Day Regatta, so that was, uh, well, a very windy regatta yesterday and a very light wind regatta today, so. Wow. I I didn't, um, I I was actually in Canberra on the weekend, so I think I must have missed a lot of this weather. It was windy. (laughs) It was. um, I think we had a constant 30 knots westerly uh, yesterday. Wow. And um, gusting up to 40, so. 40. A lot of yeah. that, that is a yeah. lot on it. And what were you sailing this weekend, Tate? I was sailing with my little brother on a Hobie 16. So, um, as you can probably tell, we were quite overpowered. <laughs> Indeed. For those who may not have listened to the show before, Tate, you're 18, are you? Yes. Yes, yeah. you're 18. Your little brother is younger, and you're both. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're both developing boys, very strong, but but growing boys. So on a Hobie 16 in 40 knots, I can't even imagine how epic that was. No, well, we only tipped over once, which is all right, but, you know, we had everything off and it still tipped us over, so there was a lot of wind there. Oh, my it goodness. It tipped, it tipped over by the wind you just sailed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. And how did, so how did you end up going? You only tipped over once. That's fantastic, Tate. Yeah, well, those races actually got 
abandoned very shortly after we tipped over. <laughs> while the whole fleet was over with that one gust. So, oh, that's so lucky. Um, we only got racing in today, that all that counted. So um, we didn't go as well as we probably thought we should have, but we still got a solid, uh, I think, fourth or yeah, fourth in the Hobie 16. So that's fantastic. How many boats did you have in the Hobie 16 class, Tate? Uh, there was only eight. Eight this year. So that's still pretty good. How many boats were there overall? It usually has a, a pretty big uh, following. This Anzac Regatta down at Batemans Bay. Yeah, I've been told there was 105 entries. Here. 105. That's fantastic. Yeah. That was a big fleet. <laughs> that is a massive fleet. What were um What were some of the other larger classes, Tate? Do you know? Um. Well, there was I think 16 Sharpies. Wow. There was the final um, round of the state titles. Fantastic. So that was that was very tight. I think there was a few tires um, in the divisional results there. So wow. Um, racing for them. Yeah. Um, and the OK dinghies had their state titles as well, so there was a lot of those. Oh, I do remember that. I've seen a few people training out of here at Willara. So um, they, yeah. they may have enjoyed the, enjoyed the blow. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think anybody <laughs> enjoyed that much. Been, uh, <laughs> oh, I wish I had some photos. Did you have your GoPro on, Tate? No, I didn't actually. Oh, I no. It both days. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> now, from, from week one, Tate, uh, you headed, we, we caught up with you on, on our first show. You were going to go yeah. sailing, but it was too windy. So you went yeah. kite surfing instead, and you, you had a little bit of accident, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't actually get to go. I, my kite was still in the bag. I was um, watching the mate do it, and um, he managed to come off and hit the sand and, um, yeah, broke his leg. So that wasn't very good. No, that's not very good. But how is he recovering? I think the listeners might want to know how he's going. Because <laughs> I think I might have freaked him out a little bit. <laughs> he's um, He had surgery uh, midweek. Last week, I think, and yeah. yeah, he's going on very well. Yeah, bit sore, but yeah, he's getting there. Oh my goodness! Well, you'll have to pass on all our best once again. I I remember uh, you telling me that he he did appreciate us dedicating the happy song to him, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, he certainly did. <laughs> that's excellent. We'll keep yeah. we'll keep posting on our well wishes. That's for sure. Now you've just done the Hobies, uh, and we are heading into winter. But are you going to be sailing over winter, Tate? What are you going to be getting up to? Um, yeah, well. As every sailing club does, we kind of wind down, but we still have a frostbite series over the winter, once a month at Jervis Bay Sailing Club. Fantastic. Um, so we'll be doing that. On, I'm not sure yet. Probably lasers. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. Other than that, I'll keep my eye out for um, any cold winter regattas, but yeah. Maybe a few of the frostbite yeah. regattas you can do, or the brass monkey regattas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, Tate, on, on this show, you may not have heard because I've called you and you're, you're down at Bateman's Bay, so you wouldn't have heard the start of the show. I um, was actually given today by my aunt a, a, a model boat that my grandfather built, so it's a bit of a family heirloom. So on the show today, we're trying to find a name for my boat, and you know that we have very specific names. I haven't yet explained this to the listeners, but I will do shortly. We have very specific yep. names. So I'm, you're going to have to jump onto Facebook and check out this boat and suggest a name, I think. Okay. That's your mission right. on the way home from your adventure. Will do. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for catching up with me. We might have to catch up with you over the Frostbite series so you can give me another update of what's happening down on the South Coast. 
Yep, no worries. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being my roving reporter. That was Tate Fortier, and he is currently down at uh, Jervis Bay, but we will be catching up with him very shortly once again. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We're going to go to a song, but we'll come back with uh, all more news and maybe a little bit of background on information on how I made my boats. Thank you so much to Tate, who we just caught up with. He's been down at the Anzac Regatta at Batemans Bay over the weekend. He is my South Coast uh, roving reporter and fantastic to catch up with him as he's been out and about. I was in Canberra and we didn't get nearly as much wind as they got over the weekend. Quite mental uh, to, to listen to the, uh, the abandonments that happened and a few wipeouts. I wish he had his camera on board, but alas, he didn't. So, um, yeah, as, as you may have heard, I uh, have... I mentioned to him that he needs to name this model boat that I've been given. So if you, if you go to Facebook, I think I'll have to post another photo of it. I wish this was TV so I could show it to you. It's, um, it's sitting here with me in my lounge room. It's my only guest in the studio today, which is a little bit depressing, but fun nonetheless. Uh, it's actually a boat that was built in the early to mid-90s. It was built by my, my grandfather, Bill Douglas, who's no longer with us. He passed in 2005, but he was a very keen sailor and a very uh, keen carpenter as well. So he made this boat for my cousin, Owen, who was actually born on the same day as me. But, and I think everybody thought that being the first uh, boy grandchild, that he would be the sailor in the family. He doesn't actually sail. <laughs> He's still very sporty, but he, but he doesn't sail. So uh, today they actually pass it on to me, which is quite amazing. But this boat is a complete replica of a boat that was built for my dad by my grandfather 50 years ago. So there's two in the family. My dad still has his and now I have one as well in my lounge room. So I'm just looking to give it a name. So if everybody wants to, to jump onto Facebook or you can send me a message via Skype, I'm Nicole underscore Douglas, either of those options. And we're going to try and get a name for this uh, boat, hopefully by the end of the week. Now, there are a few criteria that the sailing in my family, as you, you may now be able to tell, goes back quite a little way. Uh, my, my grandfather on my dad's side, who I call Grandpa, was, uh, was the first keen sailor in our family. He actually fought, it's quite timely actually given that Anzac weekend has just happened and I've been thinking about him a lot over the weekend because I was in the city for Anzac Day, but he uh, was in, uh, he was a dentist and he was posted in Papua New Guinea during World War II and he was left behind when all of the troops were sent home. A lot of the medical factions were left behind while they sent the frontline troops home. So he actually got left in Papua New Guinea for about a year. Now in that time, because he was quite a keen carpenter, he decided that he would build himself a canoe out of a tree. By the time he'd built this canoe, he still had a lot of time left, so he built a mast and he built sails, and then he taught himself how to sail. He'd never sailed before. So when he came home and he eventually had his own family, he ended up teaching all of his family to sail, but also built boats with them in Australia. Um, a heron is quite a popular class. He built herons and eventually built Manly Juniors with my dad. Now, the first heron that they bought was called Puppet because you pull its strings to make it go. It was P-U-P-P-E-T. The first uh, boat that was built for my dad was called Bucket so, uh, because it looked like a bucket. B-U-K-K-E-T. And my dad used to sail with, with his dad, which is pretty awesome. And then the, the next boat that was built for my dad was called Shubble. S-H-U-B-B-E-L. Hope you're getting the feeling of the pattern that goes here. So they had Bucket and Shubble. And the next boat that was built was called Double because it was a complete replica of Bucket. 
S-H-U-B-B-E-L, and it continues and it continues and it continues. And now I start with my father, and I have done for 18 years, so we're almost up to the big 2-0, which is a bit scary. And uh, we've been quite um, successful, but we love sailing together, and, and that's one of my main adventures. But our boats at the moment are called Chuckle and Cool It, and I have a 470 called Havoc. We've also got a laser called Stollet. So this is the pattern, people, that need to name this model boat. But we need to, need to keep with the patterns. So you might see on Facebook a few of my family members, I think even my dad has posted, and he's, he's uh, suggested a few. I think Wobble is one that he suggested, which is W-O-B-B-E-L. So if you want to have a go, I, I'll leave this open until next week, and, and we'll uh, pick a name for this lovely little boat on the show next week. So, yes, what a... Um, I've got, as you've heard, I've had quite a history in sailing, but I, um, I love every minute of it, and I wouldn't change it for the world. And um, hopefully we can name this boat as a little bit of a, a sign to uh, my grandfather that he's, he's still here, but that he's created a monster in me who's always searching for adventures. I'll be back with you very shortly with an interview with Matt Belcher from, from early in last year as he's done so well at Hears this week. Ah, oh, it's helping me get through my Sunday evening, grooving along to a few tunes. Now, I did mention before that we'd be catching up with Matt Belcher in an interview. I just thought I'd give you a quick wrap on here. So the World Cup, which is uh, one of the uh, most important events for Olympic people who are training up in the cycle leading into Rio, uh, there's a, a number of regattas. We did catch up with Nina Curtis just after Palmer. Where, which was the previous World Cup. Now, this is the next World Cup event on the cycle. It's just been completed at Hiers in France. And we've had quite a number of great results for the Aussies. Uh, Nina actually finished up third in the NACRA. And hopefully, we'll catch up with her again next week just to see how everything's going. But she uh, was leading most of that regatta with her skipper, Darren Bundock, which is a great improvement on their third at Palmer. Uh, they, they fell back to third in the medal race, but still fantastic results this early in the cycle. Uh, in fourth in the NACRA, we also had Ewan McNichol, and in twelfth, we had Jason Waterhouse. We're also going to catch up with an interview with him a little bit later in the show. Ashley Stoddart had a breakout in the laser radio class. She came fourth. And in the laser, we had three in the gold fleet with Tom Burton finishing first, Ash Brunning in 12th, and Matt Wern in 13th, which is just fantastic. But Matt Belcher and Will Ryan, who have been such a powerhouse combination since they got together just after London when uh, Malcolm Page, our flag bearer, retired, uh, had another fantastic event. They haven't uh, taken the gold in an event in, in the past three events, but they did manage to take gold this time. And so I thought, uh, even though we can't touch base with Matt, we'd, we'd have a little bit of a listen to this interview that I did with him at the Nationals earlier last year. He's really just such a fantastic competitor. He's so level-headed and he's so particular in everything that he does. And it shows in his results, not only with the gold medal in London, but in his success that he's had so far in this new... Uh, partnership with Will Ryan. So let's have a little bit of a listen to Matt Belcher. I'm up at Port Stevens for the 470 Nationals, which wrapped up today. I'm here with the winner and also our, our gold medalist from London 2012, Matt Belcher. How was the four days for you? Uh, it was a difficult four days. Um, I mean, it's a great preparation for us because we're about to head to Europe in three weeks. So, you know, another regatta, another championship, and being the Nationals. Um, yeah, it's a really an important event and one of the, the highest profile events that we have in Australia. So, you know, to come away with another National Championship win and I think it's Will's first. So, it's, uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, a great way to, to basically cap off the summer here in Australia to really seal the deal with your new partnership. You've done so well. I mean, we've had South Melbourne and South Sydney and it's looking like... It's going to be a great season for you in Europe. What are you expecting when you head over there? Uh, a lot of uh, angry Europeans, I think, <laughs> trying to really um, you know, lay down the gauntlet. First event um, for the 2016 cycle and certainly the way 
Mal and I finished off uh, the last Olympic cycle, um, you know, the motivation for them is to really, you know, try and stop that domination. And, um, you know, Will and I, have got a, we're going to have a tough time, but we've got a lot of work to do. And, you know, as you said, we've had a fantastic summer and we're really getting on well and we've got a lot of development that we need to do. So it's, yeah, it's great for our confidence and we just work hard and focus on ourselves and see what happens. For sure, and it's great to see boats like... Uh, Angus Galloway and also the Crawford stepping up and perhaps taking that training partner role where Will Ryan came from. So, you know, what does that mean to your campaign going forward? Uh, it means a lot, actually. I mean, the, just, you know, it's like those of you four, four years ago were at the same situation and the, the talent and, and what we have in the fleet is fantastic. You know, it's a lot more than we had four years ago and, and uh, you know, it's a fantastic position to be able to campaign with the position that we've got. People like Angus and, you know, and Tim, so fantastic this week. Uh, the Crawford brothers also, um, we do a lot of training with them. Um, the Conways, you know, and, and young guys you know, like Tom Clemens. Yeah, fantastic. You know, fantastic, the guy's still in school and beat us in two races yesterday <laughs> at a one and a two. So, you know, it's fantastic. It's a great position to be in for the class. Um, it is Australia's most successful sailing class, so you know, we look forward to keep the results as they have been. And, and uh, yeah, who knows what will happen. And hopefully a little bit more growth in the class. I mean, 14 boats here at the Nationals. I'm not sure how many you had last year, but that's definitely good for, uh, for this class, I think. It's more than we had at South Melbourne or South Sydney. So. Yeah, it is. The 470 has always sort of struggled with numbers. It's such a technical class. Um, and, you know, the guys that are in the class are you know, more or less professionals. So it's not really a class that you want to... So on a weekend, uh, oh, I guess, it's hard you know, work. <laughs> two Olympic champions we had here, and you know, there's, there's not many uh, Olympic champions sailing in the fleet, and two out of the 14, it's, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Yep. So yeah, we'd like to grow that a little bit more, but we also like to build the, you know, the fleet and the talent that we have, and we're certainly doing that. So it's exciting times. For so. sure. And for those people in Sydney, the state championships will be on the first weekend in March, so they might be able to get a bit of a look at the 470s sailing out of Middle Harbour. Yeah, certainly come down and say hello. Um, we'll be on the harbour, try and stay out of the way a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll certainly, you know, enjoy it and yell out our names and follow us. And, you know, we are uh, always welcome. Definitely. Welcome back, everybody. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Thank you so much for joining me once again at the end of this run of long weekends. I certainly don't want to go back to work tomorrow. Hopefully nobody from my work is listening. But, you know, that's the breaks. We've all got to do it. And this week we're having a bit of a flashback as I'm trying to name my awesome little model boat that's been handed down to me from my grandfather that he built. So I thought that we would have a little bit of a listen back to the 18-foot skiff season and I managed to have a little bit, bit of a chat with Mr Tom Slingsby who actually competed in the Queen of the Harbour race. I know that sounds a little bit interesting, but the Queen of the Harbour race is an awesome opportunity for girls to have a go out there on the 18-foot skiffs because uh, as much as, uh, you know, some people think that it's being sexist when you think that girls can't do as good of a job, but in terms of 18-foot skiffs, when brute strength is required, a guy the same size as a girl will generally be a little bit stronger. So guys tend to rule the harbour in terms of 18-foot skiffs. So it's great to see the girls get out there have a, and have a go. And it was great to catch up with the winning team, which was skipp skippered by uh, John Winning Jr., otherwise known as Herman. So we'll have a little bit of a listen to that interview. Uh, we're pretty lucky we're catching up with all these legends this week. We're here with the winning team of Queen of the Harbour. It was Yan Du indeed. Herman, how did you bring about this win? Uh, not sure. I guess it was a nice change to have uh, some professionalism on board. Professionalism? Enough, yeah, not lucky enough to hear that with Annika. Tom wasn't bad either. Tom, Tom wasn't bad either. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Tom Slingsby. Yes, um, we, we did see the odds plummet as soon as everybody realised that you were on board. And we have a question from on board the ferry today, where we were. Um, 
How much did they pay you for the day, sir? Oh, I, uh, I've got a rule in the 18s. I only sail with Herman, so when he sails, it's about every two years. And uh, when he said he's going to sail, I said I'd love to come. And it was a good day in the end. It's really excellent, nice. excellent. And good to see you out there for sure. Now, Herman, you've got the lovely Queen of the Harbour on yeah, your right Annika. here. Excellent. How did she do? Oh, very experienced sailor now. She's very good. I don't know if she'll be able to feel her arms in the morning. A lot of holding on. She had to work pretty hard, trapezing downwind, holding herself on upwind, but she did a good job. Excellent. And how was the experience for you, Annika? It was good. It was good? Yeah. Who's the, best, who's the best teacher out of a lot of them? Now, Noddy, Noddy, um, how, how do you rate Annika now after today? Do you think she should be uh, top bidding for next year? Well, we, you know, we might have had a word to John because maybe she, maybe she might have a spot next after this week. John might have a bit of work to do, so uh, we'll wait and see. Excellent, excellent. Now, now, Herman, back to you. The race, how it unfolded. Uh, where, did, where did you start in the end? I ended up starting sort of just to windward of the leeward end of the line, so a few boats down, down below us and probably midway on the line, slightly down towards the pin, but had a pretty good start. Came off the line well and uh, yeah, crossed everyone after we tacked and only got crossed by one boat. So and yeah, off it was onwards and upwards. Indeed, indeed. And with the three boys challenge, of course, you did get to go around that closer mark. Oh, we're well, second up the top anyway. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Indeed. And and downwind, um, you, you did pick that that shore, which went quite well for you as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll claim that. You'll sure. claim it? Okay. You say me, by me if you mean Tom, sure. Tom? Yeah, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Herman, Herman. Herman, Herman. Excellent, excellent. Now, um, the three boys did come into play, though, over on the next work when Asco did get you up that second beat. How are you feeling? Yeah, no, we felt pretty good. We wanted to keep it in there, um, make it a bit of an interesting race for the spectators. So we thought we'd let them go past, gave Annika a bit of a rest. <laughs> she sat in the boat, we let them go past, give them a bit of false hope make the bookie you know, feel, feel a bit better about himself and then uh, we come back in the second half of the race. Yeah, you, your odds did go back up to $4 at one point there. They did go down to 2 so um, so that that's very interesting. And so so you're telling me that it was all part of the plan? Oh, of course. Of course? Yeah. Excellent. Well, well sailed, guys. Well, well sailed. Thanks for catching up with us. And um, well done to you, Annika. Clearly you made this team um, the winning team. <laughs> the Queen of the Yay! Harbour. <laughs> oh, awesome. Great to catch up with those guys and awesome to see that a guy such as Tom Slingsby who won a gold medal at the London Olympics in the laser class, he actually won the first gold medal that Australia won in the entire Games uh, and he also was involved with BMW Oracle in the winning America's Cup team. He's just such a down-to-earth guy and just wanted to go out and have fun with his mates and, and as you heard he won't sail on an 18 unless it's with his mate. Herman uh, John Winning Jr. So, yes, fantastic to catch up with those guys. We're going to go to another song and then we're going to come back with uh, a, a little bit of an interview with me, a little bit of a flashback to the Taser Worlds from last year. Now, guys, jump on Facebook or send me a message on Skype. Let's try and name this boat. I want to name her. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I've had some names flooding through. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, mm, Giggle has been sent through, but uh, we already have a boat called Giggle. The mirror is called Giggle, so I'm not sure. Maybe Dribble? <laughs>
Oh gosh, there's quite a few. Everybody, if you just jump onto Adventures of a Sailor Girl, there's a picture there of the actual model boat. And in the comments, if you want to put your name suggestions in there, we'll have to uh, go through them next week and, and maybe we'll have to vote on the best one. Maybe that's the way that we'll have to go about it. Now, in the order of our flashback show, this is a little bit of an interview. I mentioned that uh, there's a bit of history in terms of sailing in my family and I sail a boat called the Taser with my dad. If you were listening last week, you would have heard that we were successfully winning our New South Wales State Championships. This is a bit of an interview that I did uh, with myself, I guess, to send back home when I was over in the US, just talking about how tricky the venue was over there and, and how much we were struggling, given that we expected to do a lot better than the, better there than we ended up doing, but just how uh, you know just how that came about and, and what we were going through and what was going through our mind as we were leading into the last day over there. So here, have a listen. Hi guys, I'm joining you from the beautiful town of Stevenson in the state of Washington, just across the river from Cascade Locks, Oregon, where the 2013 Taser Worlds is currently coming into its second last day. I'm not sure if you can hear the waterfall in the background, but it is, uh, as I mentioned last week, spectacular scenery uh, here where I am staying. I'm in the middle of a, a beautiful forest uh, that backs onto a creek, so very lucky girl enjoying the serenity. Uh, anyway, uh, to bring you up to speed on how the world has been going, as I mentioned, we're just going into the second last day. We're currently sitting in seventh spot, which is mm, not exactly where we wanted to be. Uh, it's the first time since 2005 that we haven't been in the hunt for the world championships going into the last day. So a little bit disappointing, but you know, a, a combination of, of a few little errors and a really, really, really hot fleet has been what's what's ended up in 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 us being where we are, and uh, you know the, the locals are sailing really well to their credit. First, second, third, and fourth are all local boats. Fifth is another Australian boat. Uh, sixth is another local boat, and, and seventh is us. So uh, you know, in in that top five, there's uh, multiple Australian national champion. Uh, third position, or second position now is a former Taser World Champion. Six is a former three-time Taser World Champion and Olympic medalist. Uh, so, you know, the, the fleet here is really, really hot. Uh, of course, the conditions haven't been what we expected. Day one was somewhat breezy, but not overly breezy. Uh, you know, we were told that the conditions here would be windy, take spares, you're going to break stuff, and, and that's what it's been like all summer. You know, as, a, as it always happens when you're at a regatta, it's never like this around here, and you know, every day has been light. So we've been using our traditional settings, and all of that weight that I gained is pretty pointless, but that said, we're still one of the lightest crews here, so you know, that, that hasn't been our issue. Um, you know, going into today, again, it's meant to be light. We've got lots of cloud cover for that heating that it has been happening from the desert or not happening from the desert won't happen again today. So we're looking at light weather for today. Hopefully we'll get something happening tomorrow so that we can get out there and have a bit of a blast. And in terms of the actual racing, racing itself, uh, really tricky, really challenging. Uh, the, basically you have to pick a side, you have to pick left or right, and you have to pick it early. So where you are on the start line and, and where you're going to be going is is really determining what side of the work you'll be on. Sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. It is incredibly difficult to predict with four knots of outgoing current and breeze that comes from either side and you know, off the land. It's really hard to pick in race eight uh, or nine. I think it was race eight. Uh, you know, we were out 
with all of the top 15 boats, basically. We thought it would go right, and it didn't. Then we all rounded together in the 30s. Uh, yeah, but, you know, going down the run, again, another very tricky tricky part of the race course because it is longer than the works. Uh, the four knots of current is going against you when you're going down the run, so it takes about you know, double or more the time of the work. And uh, you, you can gain so many boats down these runs, again, by picking the right side. We've been around the top mark in the top five, actually third in uh, race eight and, and uh, in race seven, and we ended up uh, you know, being in the 30s by the bottom uh, just because the boats that came around behind us came around in the puff and they were able to pick the right side. Uh, and, you know, just, just the same in race nine, we went around in, in the 30s uh, uh, and managed to be in the top 10 and finish sixth in that race. So, you know, you've just got to take it when it comes and, and never say die. You definitely can't say die at this place, that's for sure. Uh, the starts have been tricky also. We've had numerous black flags. I think every start by one has been a black flag start and we've had generals off black flags as well. Up to 15 boats have been getting taken out of the fleet, uh, which has been good because the bottom mark roundings, as I mentioned, because they're incredibly long and, and the fleet really condenses down the run, um, the bottom mark roundings, which are a gate, uh, you, you can have 30 boats going around them at a time. You can be trying to get rights on people that are going around the opposite gate mark and we're all going around them at the same time. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how tricky this racing really is. So that said, we're going to go out today and we're going to do our best and hopefully we can pull a top five. We're just aiming to make that top five now. Uh, it might not happen. It's actually quite a way away, but uh, we're going to do our best and, and we'll see what happens. But you know, I hope everything back in Australia is fantastic. I really do miss my harbour and I hear that it's been beautiful weather there, so you're all incredibly lucky. I'll be coming to you next from the beautiful city of San Francisco where I'm hoping I can catch up with some of our fantastic Aussie sailors. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, live from Stevenson in Washington at the Taser World. Yes, that was a bit of a tricky regatta, but that's how it goes with sailing sometimes. You've got your ups, you've got your downs, as there are in every sport. In the America's Cup Media Centre, and look who I've run into. It's Mr Jason Waterhouse. Give room objective Australia. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, great to be here. It's <laughs> oh, great to be here too. Isn't it awesome? It's a lovely day. It's a gorgeous day. And you were out training this morning? Yeah, we were really lucky. We had a really nice um, solid breeze, about 15 knots this morning out in the 45s. And uh, we got plenty done. And the boys are pretty tired. <laughs> I bet they are. You're yeah. really lucky. I'm really lucky. I finally got to see them on the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome having 10 boats all out there at one oh, time. Yeah. So are you doing practice races? or what? It looks like you were going around marks and things. Yeah, so we have a few marks in there. We're just trying to nail down the boat handling at the moment. Yeah. Um, we've got about eight more sessions left till kick off. <laughs> we just have much time that uh, practice starts, practice races, um, yeah. just trying to tick the boxes before game day. Indeed, indeed. So um, it's probably about two weeks to go. You start on the 1st of September. What, I mean, you're, you're running around like a mad person. Can you give us an idea of what your daily schedule is looking like at the moment? Yeah, so every morning we're up at six, um, you know, eating lots, lots, as much as we can just to get the calorie count up and yeah. then we're on the water by um, 7.38, um, about a two or three hour session uh, before the breeze gets too fresh and we don't damage the boats too much. Yeah. And then uh, off the water, a bit of recovery, then straight to the gym for most of the boys and home, dinner, sleep at nine, like it's full on day. Full on intense. Yeah. Now, if people didn't think that sailors are professional athletes, I guess you're definitely proving them wrong. For sure. I mean, uh, it's better, 100% better than being in the office, but uh, yeah. they're long days and we're just trying to get the most as we can Indeed. out of the next day. Indeed. And the actual event goes for four days, mm -hmm. I believe. And um, looking, like, looking at the breeze here, I mean, it's, 
up. So I think you're down for 11 till 2 most days, and it's, it's almost up by 2 every day. Do you think you'll get a full program in? Absolutely. I mean, um, this is going to be a show, and yep. that's all here to do to perform. You know, we've got um, you know high sponsors, you know high risk, yeah. uh, high intensity boats. <laughs> so we're going to go out there, and we're going to put on a show, and you know the goal is to perform, and the, the weather will play ball. It's pretty oh. um, consistent patterns. Yeah, I've never been anywhere in the world with the same direction every day. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Isn't yeah. it? it's like they could almost make those markers permanent. Yeah, they may as well just, <laughs> just drop in and leave them overnight. <laughs> just leave a little a little um, substitute boy there, and they can clip the big ones on in the morning. Now, um, you've also been in Europe, and you've been going really well on the NACRA. Um, how does it compare doing an Olympic campaign to to this sort of program? I'd say this is almost even more intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is. Um, you know, professional sailing 101s, both mm-hmm. this and the Olympic pathway. Um, in terms of this event, the biggest hurdle for me is, you know, six boys on the boat and yeah. trying to, you know, lead and manage those guys, uh, yeah. who are all individual great sailors themselves, is quite tricky, but we're coming together really well. And in terms of, you know, the Olympic style, there's nothing that can compare to an AC45 going around the course. Um, I don't think I'll ever be as fortunate as our one with a bunch of great guys. I yeah. saw them on the mooring and I thought I was really lucky. <laughs> I know, you could try parking one of those things. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Oh, it's amazing. It's, they're, they're so amazing. And, and I mean, this will be finishing up in, um, sort of early September. Oh, what's going to happen? I mean, your life will go back to how it was. I know. <laughs> it's always hard going home, Mum. Especially in February as well, it was going hard. Yeah back to the NACA 17, but that's a great boat as well, and yeah. I'm really lucky with sailing with Lisa and my crew on that, and um, I both enjoy sailing them just as much, but you're not, you can sail a NACA any day, really, and sailing one of these, you get once in a lifetime. And it's all sailing, it's amazing. Um, we're so lucky to be out. We're just looking out of the media centre here, and it's, the sun is shining, and the wind's starting to drop off, and it's just a beautiful sport that we're, we're able to be involved in, that's for sure. Absolutely, and San Francisco's a great host, and, and great people, and um, yeah, really looking forward to the next few weeks. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. So great to catch up with you. I'll let you run off and do those 50 million things that you've got to do, <laughs> and all the best from the sailing chicks, and all the best from Australia, because we're all behind you, and um, I can't wait to follow what will be happening. And I'll be back at home then, which will be sad, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, we'll try being home the silverware. Exactly, so exactly, awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. It's definitely been an awesome show. It's so great to listen to all of these adventures of these fantastic sailors all around the world, oh, living the life, I guess. But it is so hard going, and I guess the, the show tonight shows that you don't always make it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely adventure along the way. And thank you so much to everybody who sent through their names from... Regal to Fossil, I think, is fantastic. One of my aunts sent that in, so that's fantastic. Little, uh, what else have we had? Shuffle, uh, Dribble, uh, one of, <laughs> someone sent through Boob, Ben Walker. <laughs> you thought I wouldn't say that, but I did. There you go, on the air. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for all your suggestions. Hopefully we'll be able to come up with a decision by next week. You can keep posting suggestions through the week. Well, we might have to take a vote next week and see how we go. Now, next week on the show, it's going to be absolutely huge. You're listening to Sunset Radio, the sailors radio station.